Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, the 21st chapter. After this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea, also known as the Sea of Galilee. This is how he did it. Simon Peter, Thomas nicknamed the Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the brothers James and John, sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, and we're going with you. They went out and got into the boat. They caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they did not recognize him. Jesus spoke to them, Good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, No. He said to them, Throw the net off the right side of the boat and see what happens. They did exactly what he said. All of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it into the boat. Then the disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It's the master. It's Jesus. I know it is. When Simon Peter realized that it was Jesus, he threw on some clothes, for he was stripped for work. He dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by boat, for they weren't far from land, only about a hundred yards or so, pulling along the net full of fish. When they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid out, with fish and bread cooking on it already. Jesus said, Bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter joined them and pulled the net to the shore. A hundred and fifty-three big fish, and even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. Jesus said, Breakfast is ready. Not one of the disciples dared ask, Who are you? They knew it was the Master. They knew it was Jesus. Jesus then took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had shown himself alive to the disciples since being raised from the dead. Well, I think I've got another minute left in me, said Nurse Mallory. Nurse Mallory uh, was doing a video diary, which a lot of folks have been doing. Uh, and this was reported recently in the Washington Post. Mallory's one of those nurses who's been sharing uh, what it's like to be a single parent working long uh, days as a frontline nurse in one of the uh, New York uh, emergency rooms. Um, she does one of those video diaries where she actually uses her phone. I know we don't all do that, but she uses her phone, turns the camera toward herself, and then she turns it on and she videos herself just sort of doing a diary of her day. Recently, uh, she started out in the morning. She looked really good. She looked really fresh. And then in the evening, uh, here's this diary. Here's this video of her. She's getting in her car, and you see her sitting down in her, her, her seat, her uh, the driver's seat, and it's just like she's melting in this chair. And she says, well, I think I've got another minute left in me. I'm headed home to see my two little girls. You can't wait for mommy to come home. Now, don't get me wrong, she says. Being a mom is my favorite job. Now, mind you, Mallory didn't say this in her video diary. But I believe without a doubt 
Nurse Mallory is missing many things in her life right now. She's missing rest. She's missing relaxation. She's missing peace. She's missing time for herself. She's even missing that tiny sense of anything beyond the moment that stares her in the face each day after day. Yes, missing is a word, but more importantly, a genuine reality that I've heard from many of you in recent days. You know, the Gospel of John, the 21st chapter, is really one of my favorite chapters of the entire Bible, and it's all about uh, a couple more of the uh, instances of Jesus' appearances to his disciples, to his closest friends. And this is yet another one of those times where Jesus runs, where his friends, his closest friends, run, they, they run smack into the resurrected Jesus, and they don't even recognize him. In fact, if you look really closely at the other, I believe there's six or seven appearances of the resurrected Jesus in the gospel stories, that this, like all of the others, his, his dedicated followers don't truly know that it's him until he either speaks their name like he did to Mary when he said, Mary, or when he performs some spectacular deed in front of their eyes like blessing and breaking bread or offering his wounds to be touched or passing through locked doors or arranging a miraculous catch of fish. What were they thinking? What were his disciples thinking? In what ways were they making decisions about where they would go next or what would happen next? And why did they not recognize Jesus? Why did it take them so long to know that it was him? Well, think about it. Isn't it fair to say that they could not forget especially their role in what had just happened? That even they, Jesus' best friends, even they had had a role in the brutal elimination of their precious leader. And isn't it also fair to say that they were missing as well? They were missing things. They were missing a great deal in their now very surreal and certainly in their very uncertain lives. Well, since I'm the guy with the microphone this morning, I get to tell you my opinion. And I believe that those persons named in today's stories, not only named but unnamed, that they could easily have been missing direction in their lives. They were missing purpose. They were missing a very meaningful part of their own identity. They were missing a true sense of what had just happened. And especially as I think they numbly contemplated what to do next with themselves, it's fair to say that they were missing Jesus himself. Yes, Jesus of Nazareth, as the disciples on the road to Emmaus described him. Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet mighty in word and deed. He was to be the one who would redeem Israel. He was the one who loved them more than anyone would ever love them the one who would give each of them their personal lives new meaning and new purpose. Indeed, I believe they were missing Jesus, and they were convinced that Jesus was finally the one sent by God to carry them to new vistas and to finally fulfill all their dreams. You know, I've realized lately that missing things 
can be a really tricky thing, especially when we think about these appearances of Jesus, these resurrection appearances of Jesus. A moment ago, I mentioned the walk to Emmaus. You may remember when we talked about this last week, that these two disciples on the road, when they looked at Jesus and they realized that he, at least what they thought was going on here, was that he had no idea what had just happened. And they were describing the power of Jesus of Nazareth. They said to him, we had hoped he would be the one. We had hoped he would be the one. Last week, Wendy and I had the blessing to be able to uh, listen to another sermon from another pastor on this walk to Emmaus. And it, it's, it's interesting. I'm borrowing this from him. It's interesting how he had talked about the word hope. The word hope is so much promise and power and vision for the future. Yet, if you just take a D, if you just take a D and put it at the end of that four-letter word, you go from uh, a, a powerful vision for the future to grief and to loss. Think about how the disciples had hoped for so much. But in their minds and in their hearts, I'm sure, they were convinced before they finally recognized who Jesus was, they were convinced that they had lost everything that they had hoped for. But my friends, look at these stories. Look at every one of these appearances and you're going to see that what stared them in the face at the end of the day when maybe just like Nurse Mallory they had nothing left to give. What stared them in the face was that even though Jesus was right there among them, the facts pointed more toward uncertainty than to anything else. Yes, I think they were emotionally removed from ever realizing that Jesus himself was indeed back among them. And honestly, think about how our lives have been lately. Don't we too have days when we feel the same exact uncertainty? And maybe we even feel the same uncertainty about God. Finally this morning, let me say a couple things here. A couple things that, that are, you might say these are a couple take-homes for the week. Number one, every word written by the Apostle of John was and always will be fully intended to communicate. Without any doubt, Jesus was and always will be the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God, the Christ of our lives, John did not only tell half the story. He never did. He was good at leading us into very questionable and uncertain circumstances, just like this fishing story. But all of the stories always culminated in demonstrations of powerful faith in Jesus, in who Jesus was and who Jesus would always be for them, those first disciples, for the early church, and especially for us. And number two, with what you and I are facing today in our lives, especially this year, would you pause with me for a minute and just acknowledge? In fact, talk it over with your family members and or whoever it might be that uh, you're meeting with these days and having meals with and sheltering in. Talk it over. 
have a conversation, an honest, an honest conversation about what you are missing. Say the words. Make it truly yours. I'm saying take a minute and own it. Admit to what you're missing. Friends, family, hugs. Someone said to me the other day, you know what I miss mostly? It's hugs from everyone. You might be missing holding hands, fun, direction, or a, or a sense of purpose in your life. How about work and or, or team comrades, people that we work with and that we play with, maybe in musical groups or choirs, people that are just sort of fill out our lives. What about missing maybe your sanity? Missing having dinner in your favorite eatery, your favorite server, the favorite people that you look to your left and your right that you actually have dinner with maybe once a week at your favorite restaurant? How about missing a clear vision for the future? How about those, especially all those who have not been able to be, to be beside the, the bedside of their dying loved ones? What about those who, especially in that case, what they've missed is the assurance that they truly and genuinely fulfilled their responsibilities to each other, to their loved one, and especially to themselves. And then there are those of you I've talked with who are actually missing income. You're missing a check being put into your, your bank account. You're missing being able to buy the things you're used to buying. You're even missing the possibility, the possibility Maybe not too far in the distant future, you're missing the ability to have the confidence that your mortgage is still going to be on your home and you're going to still own your home. My friends, especially this year, I think it's fair to say that like these disciples, we're missing a lot. We're missing a lot in our daily lives. Indeed, though, let's hold tightly to what we do know. We know how the Gospel of John's fish story here actually ends, don't we? We know what happens next. We know that Peter, James, and John, Thomas, Mary, Cleopas, and the whole slew of Jesus' followers, they finally do realize that it is Jesus who empowers them to carve out a brave new world called the church, a community, a faith community driven by and bound by genuine faith in Jesus. We also know that God grew inside each of them a faith and a life so strongly bound by God's life-giving Holy Spirit that they mightily changed the world forever. And as they made a way, and as they set the course for you and for me, regardless of what was once missing in their lives, you and I are now called and empowered to do the very same. Oh God, bless us, grace us, strengthen us. Help us to be honest with what we're truly missing. Help us to find someone and have honest dialogue and conversation and hold each other's hands. Tell each other our story. Admit to what we're missing. And admit to we too have those times when we don't recognize you. Help us to open our eyes and look again for the Christ Jesus 
who continues to be in our midst on this very day. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. was lost but now am found was blind but now I see when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun.